2: You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow wherever you are. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com.
3: Across the UK, online, on DAB, and on your smart speaker, the independent republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio.
4: Good morning and welcome to the Independent Republic of Mike Graham right here on Talk Radio. The great day has arrived. 47 years after joining the European Union, today is the day that we leave it all behind. No more billions for roads in Spain and Ireland. No more billions to save the euro. No more falling in line with ideas we didn't ever want to. uh, And no more being dictated to by the likes of Michel Barnier, Guy Verhofstadt or Donald Tusk. We came, we saw and we decided we didn't fancy hanging about. For Nigel Farage, this can rightly be considered a day of personal triumph. A day that has come to fruition after decades of opposition to the European construct, something that began in the 1970s as a means of rescuing some countries from dictatorship and forming a loose trading block had become a bit of a monster, an organisation run like a protection racket by unelected civil servants. Make no mistake, today is a massive day for Britain and it is cause for great celebration. Don't listen to those Remainers who complain that they don't want anyone to gloat. These are the same people who tried to get the elected Prime Minister arrested. The same people who joked about locking up Boris Johnson, about dragging him out of Downing Street by force in handcuffs if necessary. The same people who told Brexit voters that they were thick, racist, xenophobic and uneducated. The same people who taunted everyone that they would block Brexit at every turn. The same people who went to Brussels to undermine the British people. I'll be damned if those bad losers are going to tell me what to do or indeed how to do it. I will be in Parliament Square at 11 o'clock tonight and I'll be toasting our newfound freedom. Join me in the great Brexit dividend project because you know what? The future is pretty bright. 0344 499 1000. It is Brexit Day and it's going to be amazing. We're kicking off with Matt Kelly, founder of The New European, a very good friend of mine, a man who voted to stay in the European Union but is sensible enough to understand that we're now leaving it. And he doesn't mind if we have a couple of sherbets to celebrate. You'll listen to me and watching me, Mike Graham, right here on the fastest growing radio station in the world. This is, of course, Talk Radio. Mid-morning with Mike Graham.
3: Talk Radio.
4: Well, what can I say? But here we are, Friday, January thirty-first. Approximately what, thirteen hours away from leaving the European Union. Slightly less than that. Matt Kelly is here, founder of the New European, a project that was born uh, out of the referendum result of 2016. Matt, very good morning. You Welcome.
2: Know, I, I, mate, I'm rendered speechless by that epic, <laughs> epic monologue. I don't know what to, I'm going to leave now. Well, I mean, you know, the I point, mean, point quit is, while I'm
4: ahead. the point is, is that you know, it's one thing to say, look, we don't want. Well, you know, I'm not rubbing anybody's nose in anything. Right? No, not at all. Because there's no reason to do that. You know, it was a democratic decision that was made by the people of this country. There was a long fought-out battle by people like yourself who thought that it was the wrong decision. Um, But we're now where we are. And I think, I mean, you amongst many people on the Thought Police podcast that you and I do, you know, you've realised that, that, you know, once it's done, it's done. And
2: I think you've been very mature about it. Well, I mean there's no escaping the fact that it is done. Yes. And only a fool would sort of look backwards and, and can't be like a Japanese soldier in the bush. There you know, are plenty of them left, to pop Well, there are. There are nutters on both sides, yeah. I think, of the far end of the spectrum. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, generally, people now need to look forward. And yeah. all of the energy that was in the Remain cause, you know, and I, I think it's wrong, you know, there's such a thing as being a bad winner as yes. well. You have won the day. Yes. You know, now... I personally and won the day No, but the Brexit cause has yes. won this day, and and enjoy it. You mm. know, I, my from my point of view, we've got to look forward now as a nation and work out how do we fix all the stuff that caused Brexit in the first place. Yes, that we haven't been talking about for mm. three and a half years properly. Yes, you know, and how do we change as a nation to become? as important and as relevant and as decent as we were, you know, before this yeah. referendum. But I think an awful
4: lot of that was caused by, by the bad losing brigade because at the end of the day, I can't remember a time, and I don't know whether you can, in political terms, when the people who lost an election didn't stop whining about it for ages and ages and ages. I mean, most elections we have in this country are fairly yeah. closely, closely yeah. fought. You know, the margin of error isn't usually very big. The margin yeah. of victory is not very big. And yet,
2: we've never seen anything like this before. Well, I think... I, th- I mean, speaking for myself, I think it was a couple of things. One was the, the sense of finality about it. You know, it wasn't like electing a government that yeah. you'd, then you'd get another bite of the cherry for, mm. for five years. And also there was, if you if you go back, and I know everyone was guilty of this but on both sides, but at the time, there was a real anger that a lot of the debate and the argument before the referendum had been on false ground. Yes. Now, so I think... I mean, for me, I felt very anxious that we were doing the wrong thing. Um, We were the first ones to call for a second referendum about eight months later in the New European. And it was on the basis that we felt if if everyone was uh, confident enough in their own position, then what would be the harm once we knew what the terms of leaving would be? Which, yes. by the way, we still don't know. I was going to say, I mean, there you know. still
4: aren't really any absolute definitives Not at on all. that. But no. then again, I think the interesting thing about that is that surely on lots of these kind of constitutional matters, you make the principle yeah. the argument first, yeah. and then, you, you know, you argue. Because I think what happened and I think what upset a lot of people on both sides was that the argument started to be about completely nonsensical things, you know, yeah. like, well, how can we possibly leave without knowing this? Yeah. You know, and I used to say to people, yeah, but if you had that belief
2: about life, you would never walk out your front door because yeah. you don't know whether something bad is going to happen. I always took the view that it was... It, 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 there was nothing polar about it. Yeah. You know, it was always a gamble and I never thought the potential upside was worth the risk. I thought there was a lot of potential downside. I still do. I hope that... I actually hope now, today, that I am wrong because, believe you me, my patriotism for this country supersedes everything. In fact, that's the only reason we were arguing for Remain in the first place. It wasn't patriotism to the European Union. Mm. It's because we sincerely believed, I'm speaking for myself and others, we sincerely believed that staying in the European Union was best for Britain. Now... OK, we've left the European Union. I still want the best for Britain. Of course you do. And have
4: you, in your sort of process of publishing the New European now for the best part of, what, three and a bit three years? Three and a half years. Huh? Um, have you ever looked at what the EU had become, though, and why people's change, yeah. changed attitudes had actually come about? Because a lot of people's attitudes did change yeah. over the last, say, ten years. Absolutely. Because up until then, it didn't appear as though the European Union was on a massive kind of expansionist project. Mm. When we saw what happened in Ukraine, as a result of Angela Merkel thinking, oh, here's a good idea, uh, let's get Ukraine." into Europe and offer them some money. Um, You know, that was one of the biggest political errors which cost an awful lot of lives by the way that was
2: ever made. And and also I think Angela Merkel misunderstanding completely what the effect of letting a million immigrants into Germany would be. I think the misunderstanding of the way economies could really get battered uh, in the Mm. Eurozone. I think Tony Blair completely misunderstanding the effect on uh, communities in Britain of of mass open immigration. They they didn't believe that there would be these numbers, and, and they came. So I think... Well, he managed to get it very wrong as well, didn't yeah. he? Do
4: you remember he said there would be about 15,000 Polish
2: people right. coming in and, and about and a million came in? A lot came in. Now, yeah. I would say that on balance, the European Union as a project has been a success mm. and, and is something we should persevere with. On an economic plat plate, it's you know it's the biggest trading bloc in the world. Yeah. How are we really going to improve on that? Security, it is, it has maintained a, a, a relatively safe continent for the last seventy years. All so, all of these good things that I think people would accept, but I, you know, I, I understand people saying you know, uh, we don't want to be part of a big overarching mm. bureaucracy. Yeah. Uh, we've seen enough, thank you, and we'll try it ourselves. I j- I, to me, it was always just a gamble that didn't seem like the yeah. big upside was there. Also, you and I have talked about this before, but there is a reason why
4: some countries want the European Union more than others do. I was yeah. looking back at some of the things, because I was trying to think of uh, of something that I could remember the EU being great about. Yeah. I'm trying to think of something that was a highlight for me yeah. of what the European can Union give did for one. us, because I can't think of one right. apart from leaving it.
2: Well, I can give you a Go very on. big highlight. Okay. and if you've got listeners in Merseyside they yeah. will all be nodding their heads right yes. now if it wasn't for the EU places like Liverpool yeah. would have been run down by the Thatcher government uh-huh. and would have been languishing yeah but see that's a bit of a lie that isn't it's it it's not because no. Liverpool
4: has been in receipt of more public money than almost any other yes, city I know. in the world
2: yeah but I'll tell you what the key thing was Margaret Thatcher and Geoffrey Howe actually wrote memos about let's run manage the decline of Liverpool just run it down Uh, The European Union stepped in, gave us lots of funding for infrastructure, and the crowning glory was when Liverpool was made the European capital of culture. It has changed the city completely and given it confidence. So I think places that haven't seen that side of the European Union, I understand why why they'd be really annoyed, but... We have seen that side of the Well, European we've seen a bit of it. I mean, our roads are some of the worst in Europe. If you yeah. drive to Spain, the roads are
4: incredibly good. Yeah. That's all built with EU money. We don't qualify for any of that, apparently, because we're too well off. Yeah. In Ireland, the roads are fantastic. Again, all built with EU money. Yeah. The Irish have benefited massively from the EU. And if you're Leo Varadkar right now, you're going, for God's sake, whatever we do, we have to stay in, otherwise we'll have no money. Same goes for Spain. Shortly after uh, Britain joined the European Union, as it was then, the EC, you know, they got rid of Franco. The Portuguese suddenly got rid of a dictator and found that democracy was a wonderful thing and they were able to join this big project that was going to rescue them from the the, the chains of of horribleness, right? But we didn't have any of that. We didn't need to be rescued by the EU
2: and I think that's what people worked out. I think in the past, we notably, you know, have had to go in and rescue those European countries not having to have to do that and face Mm. that kind of thing for the last 70 years. I think people now, because we live in such a safe society in terms of international relations, assume that that kind of thing could never happen again but I, i'm just not so sure and i think it's a little bit more likely that you know there'll be future tensions that escalate into into things that are nasty from today forward you know maybe so but i mean it doesn't help when you see the front
4: pages today you've got the guardian front page uh, which i don't know whether you've seen uh-huh, yeah. small island yeah. after 47 years britain leaves the eu at 11 p.m tonight the biggest gamble in a generation
2: is it really well, the I biggest think it's gambling is. a generation. I can't think of a bigger one. Really? I mean, I lost a ton of money on, on a horse at the Grand National in 1991 <laughs> once, but that was well, personally I mean, going, devastating.
4: Going to war in the South Atlantic could be considered quite a big gamble. Yes. Uh, and that was part a, of my a, generation.
2: That is a generation ago, isn't it, I suppose? No, I think a generation is during my lifetime, isn't it? Isn't no, that a generation? You, you straddle, mate, you straddle more than one generation, I? believe you, I may... thought I was going to not make the next generation yesterday. So so, do I was so ill, I thought
4: I'd never be seen again. In I thought I'd picked up one of the few doses of coronavirus. <laughs> which apparently has now hit Britain, we'll be talking about that later on. Yeah. But I mean, let's talk a little bit more about um, what it is that is going to change, because yes, we don't know what the future holds. We never really did. I mean, we, if we knew what the future held, everything would be great. Yeah. But the point is, is that as of Monday, uh we'll be talking to our political correspondents about this throughout the course of the day, as of Monday, basically, we enter a new political era, don't we? Yeah, we and, do.
2: And what happens uh, well, you tell me. Mm. I mean, this is we've now entered into the unknown territory. Yeah. I think the idea that we'll be able to put together a comprehensive trade deal mm. in a year is massively optimistic. I hope they they can do that. I think the only way they'll be able to do that is by keeping things as close to the regulations and the and the tariff systems yeah. that are already operating in which case they're going to really struggle doing a trade deal with mm. the Americans. So nothing is easy and I, don't, I genuinely don't envy Boris Johnson. Yeah but his, lots, his of, lots of
4: the talk that we hear, like from Mike Pompeo uh, before yeah. he gets to talk to us is all about, you know, being a strong man and being America and getting yeah. what we want and all that but already once we're actually talking it all softens a little bit, yes. you know the the, word, the language of diplomacy is never what really ends up no, happening. Of course. And James Cleverly was on uh, Question Time last night talking about you know the agriculture deal and and the sort of you know the chlorinated chicken debate and the fact that we've always had very very high standards of food in this country and there's no reason why any of that will change mm. and i think that's the point you know not everything uh, nothing's going to change in fact for the first uh, 12 months no, i mean the transition true. period means that when you fly off to your you know hacienda in madrid <laughs> that, that you bought way, it was not black money no, <laughs> no that's just joking um you know the point is nothing changes you can yeah. still go through the euro channel you can still get your passport yeah. uh, without having a stamp on it, you don't need a VZ, you can still take your dog if you want, you know, nothing is going to change. So the idea that we're suddenly going to have this really different world no. to wake up to tomorrow morning, mm. is just nonsense, isn't I it? think there's uh, There's going to be plenty of food, there's going to be yeah. plenty of medicine, there's going to be plenty
2: yeah. of what there was before yesterday. That's right. But I think there's a bigger picture. I mean, and the bigger picture is how do we see ourselves as a nation do we see ourselves as as, as part of a big global mm. world they're all well, trading I think we do. I hope,
4: well i hope so i don't think because you voted for brexit that you no. don't think that britain is part of a global uh, economy and a global world that we yeah. th- in, in which we all live you know for, and i think it's kind of small-minded for people to make out that if you voted to be an isolationist country yeah um you know everything's going to change well a
2: lot of people just voted brexit they didn't want to be part of this big organization yes, I, well, I agree with that completely and i'm You know, I hate when I hear... uh uh, uh, remainers like Terry Christian was on the telly the other day, and he what a just, more on that guys. Mean, Honest to God, it's like, mate, get. He shut looks your about one hundred and three as well. I mean, he's just bitter and rank, full of rancor. I don't understand why he would be like. It's that. almost like he's in the pay of. Uh, is, yeah, I'm just Julia Hartley. is <laughs> it, is waving at me, dancing <laughs> so at me through dancing. a window. Yeah. By the way, I have brought with me an apple with a
4: Union Jack on it, which I'm now going to present to you. It's a you French golden delicious. You can bring it to Parliament <laughs> Square later and throw it at somebody if you want, right? But I mean. There is a certain kind of distressed... Madness about some of these people like Terry Christian. And I, yeah. for one, actually wouldn't give them airtime. I, I wouldn't. wouldn't bother. Well, I mean, I, Because they, he doesn't represent anybody.
2: I'm afraid he's a good circus act, doesn't he? You know, yeah. he makes good TV and you mm. get a lot of social media. But unfortunately, a lot of people looking at that on Twitter or Facebook or whatever think that that is a representation yeah. of what Remainers yes. are like. And I, I just don't think that's true. Mm. I think absolutely the majority of Remainers were doing it for honest, decent, sincere reasons because they believed it was yes. the best thing to do. I yes. think everyone should respect that. And the vast that.
4: majority of people like, like yourself, are sensible individuals who have thought about it, uh, who are disappointed, but who are just going to move on.
2: Yeah. And that's really where we are. Well, so what I'm excited about now, mm. right, is how do we move on yeah. and what part can we play together right. in, in, in deciding big, important matters? Like, you know, if the NHS is needs to be rebuilt, and I believe it does, mm. you know, it's the 18th best... What, uh, health service in the world according to the WHO is that right yeah 18th That's how do good. we get to be number one well it should be you know, number these one these are mean, the, the amount of money questions. Being spent on it. Exactly.
4: yeah well exactly I mean there's an awful lot about what's happening in this country yeah. that needs to be rethought yeah. the infrastructure of the country we're talking about HS2 yeah. you know is that really necessary interestingly last night Question Time was up in the north of England, and everybody agreed basically that what you need is a train that takes you across the Pennines yes. without without yes. having to be cancelled every single hour That's of right. the day. Not a train that takes you from Birmingham to London because so it, it, it can take two hours to get from yeah. Liverpool to Leeds. You yeah. know, it's that kind. There of... was a guy who was just a, a, obviously a, a businessman who said, you know, every day, every morning what I do is I wake up, I put my I t- put, turn my alarm off, and I check my my train up with Northern Wales, to see which train's been cancelled.
2: Yeah. Because that terrible. happens on a daily basis. Oh, but that is, that's is—that's what people are talking yeah. about at bus stops. Yes. Not, not, not sovereignty and, you know... No, not, the, or, not whether or not or we're going to hand over our fisheries. chicken or, or whatever. No, exactly. So,
4: uh, and, and also, you know, if you can get from point A to point B on a road yeah. without getting your car axle ruined by a pothole... Correct. Uh, ...and without
2: sitting in traffic... Yeah breathing in fumes for two hours. So the point, just in case people are thinking we're completely merged into the mm. same opinion, the point I would I, make... My, that my project <laughs> is almost complete. <laughs> the point I would make is my belief that all those big, Important domestic things would be easier and better solved within the European Union. But anyway, you know, maybe we are not where though, we are.
4: because we are where we are, because yeah. we've been in the European Union. I don't and maybe know about that. and maybe it's maybe it's because of the fact that we've not been able to do things, because we've been giving money to them and waiting for it to come well, back,
2: rather than actually just spending it the way we want to. Well, look, I don't think the money's the issue. Don't forget all of the influx of talent that's come into this country because we're such a great mm. country. That's it's not just a bad thing. Immigration is a massive net positive to this country. And the idea that And I hope this doesn't happen, that we would put filters up that Mm. stop... Uh, good people wanting to come and live here and add value. That's that's bad, yeah. I think. I don't think that'll happen. I, I mean,
4: We've all got friends, relatives, members of our families who have worked abroad yeah. in different countries of the world, whether they be America, yeah. whether they be the Middle East, whether they be Australia. You know, none of those places are part of the European Union. Yeah. And I don't believe, for one, the Erasmus programme is going to continue. I don't believe, for one, um, that any country in Europe that wants British people to go and work there will stop them. And in the same way, we will not be stopping anyone coming here from France yeah. Yeah. if they want to work as a doctor
2: in the NHS, why would you? Well, the other... So, I, I, I listen, I hope you're 100% right on that. And genuinely now I hope mm. that all you guys are right in every regard and it's going to be absolutely wonderful. And my fear is it isn't. I, I worry about things like still, like car manufacturing with this just-in-time system. You know, I worry about these things, I worry about the divergence of Northern Ireland from the rest of the Union, and I also worry about Scotland now Mm. deciding that actually we've had enough, we'll up sticks and go back in. So I think in terms of, you know, the Well, don't worry, they're having... having, I mean, Catherine Jarden was on this morning, having a
4: vigil um, at 11 o'clock tonight at Edinburgh. I mean, come on, it's not the end of the world.
2: Yeah. Well, it's not the end of the world. And I think people thinking that they should be, you know having a drink, drowning their sorrows or even popping champagne corks with the belief that we're entering some sort of golden paradise I think they're all a bit barking It's and somewhere in the middle, isn't it's it? It's somewhere in the middle Yeah, yeah I mean,
4: I've always said, I don't rely on politicians to make my life work, you know, I make my life work myself, yeah. and if politicians can help me out, so much the better they might get yeah. my vote, yeah. if they don't help me out, I don't care, I yeah. don't rely on them, you should never rely on them, well, and you should not expect the people in the middle of Brussels to to, to be helping Mike, you either I
2: think you've touched on one thing that probably everybody apart from 650 people in this country will agree on is that politicians have exposed themselves as bloody useless. Yes, they have. Absolutely useless. On
4: that point, we can certainly agree. Matt Kelly, founder of The New European. Mid-morning with Mike Graham. Talk Radio. Now, in matters of uh, pride, in matters of Britishness and in matters of victory, there is only one MP that I thought we should talk to, and that is, of course, Colonel Bob Stewart, uh, who is here right now with us. Bob, a very good morning to you. Happy Brexit Day to you.
0: How, oh, a happy Brexit Day to you, too.
4: Now, it's rather a pleasant-looking uh, po- uh, weather forecast out there, and uh, did you think this day would ever come?
0: Yes, I did, actually. Mm. Um, I, I thought that in the end the will of the people would have to be put through. But, my goodness, we've taken the drunks' route to get there,
4: haven't we? <laughs> well, I mean, there were times when you and I discussed it in the tent down in Westminster that we wondered if we would ever be able to get yeah, past yeah, the absolutely. impasse, you know, because it was it was incredibly frustrating, wasn't
0: it? Yeah, I mean, look, I, everything you, you said just now, before the break sort of thing, was absolutely true. I mean, I am, even today, even this morning, I'm getting insulting emails um from people saying you know, you're great you've you know you've you you support leaving the european union um uh, we we will be returning to the european union look just get real yeah the people voted with you know as this is what happened very simply Parliament was too cowardly to make this decision itself yeah so Parliament because it wasn't prepared to actually take some hard decision on whether we leave or stay, put the choice to the British people. And they said absolutely clearly, what you say will go. Then we had the referendum. And surprise, surprise, the people in the majority were those that wanted to leave the European Union. And then it was undemocratic. We haven't had, you know, we haven't. And then we had all this three and a half years a procrastination and actually very bad feeling. And it was, I have to say, mainly on the side of those people who wanted to stay in the European Union. I want the word Remainer and Brexiteer to go. Now.
4: Yes, we because, are, because are, you're not it, rema- nobody's remaining anywhere. We are leaving the European Union, so there's no point in being a Remainer anymore.
0: No, we are leaving the European Union, and we are going to, Look, I'm married to a French woman. She also happens to be Swiss. She's slightly panicking. She says, am I going to be chucked out, she said to me this morning. <laughs> and I said, well, it's a quick way of, you know... Just tells her you behave herself. You know, but the answer is no. Am I, go- am, I- am I going to lose any rights here? And I said, no, we have to get you, she hasn't done it, you know, this, this uh, you know, right to remain yeah. in the UK. Because she says, I don't want to be British. I want to remain French and yes. I want to remain... Swiss and, you know, our children, they've got three nationalities. And she said, well, the kids can stay here, but I, I might have to, you know, have to, I said, it takes 10 minutes to yeah. get that done. Right. And she said, what about pensions? And all this stuff is being put out by people um, that, you know, your pension might be affected. No, it won't. Exactly. People that have lived here for, for a long time. My wife's been here 25 years with me. There's no, you know, even my wife's They've got to her. I know. But this is what happens. It's It's
4: relentless. But this is a relentless campaign of propaganda, which has been largely driven by people who have an interest in the European Union. Many of them work in think tanks that are funded by them. You know, many of them are, you know, are making money out of it. Stop
0: there, Mike. I want to stop there. Funded by the European Union. no, no. Funded by the UK taxpayer. Yeah, quite. We send the money to Brussels, they turn it round and watch how many people say the EU is funding this. No, they're not. The British taxpayer sends rather rather more money there than comes back.
4: Yes, exactly right, because there is no funding of the EU aside from by member states. And what I've said this morning as well, Bob, is that, look, I'm sure the European Union works for some countries because those countries uh, are coming out of a dictatorship in some way. Uh, They get more aid from the European Union than they need to put in. If I was getting more money back out of something, I'd be in favour of it. But that's not the situation for Britain.
0: Watch the way the, uh, the Republic of Ireland will change. Uh, that, yeah. It's gone from being a recipient of, of money to actually a donor. Yeah. Um, the, the, things will change. Now, um, I totally understand a, a lot of European uh, Union members who are in the east, who get east of Europe, who get a huge amount of money from, from the European Union, in other words, from our taxpayers. Yes. But, Go I mean, on. we... we, we I, I'm prepared to do a bit of that. I was prepared to do a bit of that, but the thing that really got me going was the was the overall superiority, the the, the loss of sovereignty. These people telling us what to do um, from Brussels, and um, I I just just like you said, I'm they're unelected. I mean, we don't have a perfect democracy. Um, it's not perfect parliament here, but it's the best we've got. And frankly, it's a lot better the,
4: since the election, as well. By the way,
0: well, I would say that. And you might say that. And I certainly think that uh, there's a huge change in feeling in, in, in Parliament on both sides of the House, on both sides. Well, of you the House.
4: know, I was listening to Julie Hartley Brewers' show this morning, and we'll hear this over the course of the day, you know, sort of packages of things that happened. And I listened to John Burko saying the yeah. words, the no's have it. And I thought to <laughs> myself, you know what? You've got an 80-seat majority now. The no's are not going to have it now for quite some time.
0: No, they're, they're, they're not. And do you know what? We've got the most superb Speaker of the House. Yeah. Everyone respects, that's the first thing, loves, that's the second thing, and has enormous time for the new Speaker of the yes. House of Commons. I mean, a, a man of huge dignity. And watch what he said the other day. To, to restore democracy, by the way, that two days ago I was in the House of Commons and the Speaker stands up and he says... I'm just wanting to inform the House that in future, if the Speaker decides on something and the Clerk of the House thinks it's against the rules of procedure, the Clerk of the House will have the duty of putting his objections into the Library of the House of Commons. Wow! Yeah, I know. I mean, because that's what changed, you know, that's what Mr. Burko changed those rules. And of course... The the problem for him, he he wants to go into the House of Lords and he's saying precedent always demands you go into the House of Lords. Well, he broke precedent so many
4: times. Yeah, exactly right. And also, he's not driven by his own ego. He's not driven by his own, you know, desperation for fame and power. And I'm afraid if John Burko's legacy is that he's going to go on Italian TV shouting order in Italian, uh, it's a little bit undignified for me.
0: Well, well, that's it. I mean, uh, the guy's got to presumably... Make his way uh, in the world some, somehow, but I mean, it, if he'd, he's so upset, so many people, um, and this business of accusations against him won't help any lobbying for him to go to the House of uh, House of Lords. I mean, in the in the Speaker's apartment, uh, John Burko's picture's already up there. Underneath it, there's a sort of script of him being the MP for this Mm. MP. It takes up half the picture. The other half is waiting for a Right. Well, I I wonder whether that will happen.
4: It's beginning to look like it won't happen, isn't it?
0: Well, yeah. I mean, every Speaker has been sent to the House of Lords, so that's the plus side. On the other hand, um, a lot of people feel that there's too much in the debit bank for that to happen. But then dare I say, with my tongue slightly in my cheek. I've seen some right wazzers go to the House of Lords.
4: <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that's an interesting point as well, because on a serious note, there will be reform coming with this Boris Johnson mm. government. He's already talking about looking quite hard at the BBC, which I think mm. is no bad thing. I watched a report last night on Brexit mm. Day. You mm. literally could not have made it up. It was done by a guy with absolutely no view of making news. It was all about opinion. And he was up in yeah. Scotland looking at the Clyde shipyards and making yeah. out that somehow the European Union union was responsible for rescuing Glasgow because the shipyards had all died I mean, it was utter nonsense it really it's was
0: money that did it, Well,
4: but also it was just utter nonsense and it was all with this kind of rather dark brooding music mm-hmm. and we'll find out whether it's the biggest gamble and the biggest mistake that was ever made you know this is supposed to be news it is not supposed to be invective right and also the house of lords i think is going to need to be reduced in size isn't it
0: well, well, my view—I—I I was one of the eighty-two. We called ourselves the Sensibles. Yeah. Uh, when they put that rather ridiculous bill through in the coalition government, um, so I—I uh, I, my view of reform the House of Lords is as follows: cut it in size to at least below the number of members of Parliament. Um, actually, appoint to it, uh, have an independent panel that does give some politicians in it, but also gets the best person from each profession in the land into the House of Lords. So when the House of Lords, which is traditional job, is reforming silly laws and when it, a, a law a, a bill goes to the house of lords there's some great expert there in the ranks of the lords that says this is rubbish we shouldn't do it like this it should be done like this and he may well be the chief dustbin man of the country you know <laughs> lord chief dust dustbin man but he's done it right. and you know he's he's a professional i don't want people voted in there i want a, a body of excellence that actually understands and can cope with uh, silly things that comes out of come out of the house of commons as they do periodically um, and uh, says, well, look, sense would say change this, change that, put it like this, and that's what I want the House of Lords to be. So cut it in number, uh, keep it appointed, don't make it, um, don't make it sort of uh, elected because then it starts. We start having a, a sort of competition between yes. the House of Lords and the House of Commons, actually, and cut it down. I mean, there are over hundred Liberal Democrat Lords. Uh, Lords um, Baronesses and
4: barons. Well, that's, well, in the I mean, House you, that's because they know, can't get elected. There were
0: 11 in the House of Commons. If you're going to do it on that, um, and if you were presumably some of the Liberal Democrats that lost their seats, they may well want them to go to the House of Lords. You know what my answer to that would be? No. Okay, when you cut 50 Liberal Democrats from the yeah. House of Lords, you can go in also, there. So
4: I'm sorry, I don't agree that you can lose an election yeah. uh, basically thereby proving yourself to not be the chosen representative of the people mm. and then become the chosen representative of the people. How how does that work?
0: That's how it works, actually. I mean, it often does work like that. I mean, you understand...
4: No, I'm I'm all for... Listen, I'm all for the elevation of prime ministers. I'm all for the elevation of senior uh, civil servants. I'm all for the elevation of, you know, major cabinet uh, officials. I, I
0: hope you're... Also, for the elevation of people from the media who are really good, and um, people from the nursing profession, people from the legal profession. Yeah, yeah teachers, absolutely. And, and, and dustbin men. Yeah, but, but, but what I I think, I'm I not in favour of... what we want,
4: isn't it? But what I'm not in favour of, Bob, is, is somebody who has lost an election and who has not really served very much time in the House of Commons, like Joe Swinson, mm. who suddenly becomes, you know, a member of the House of Lords. I don't think that's right at all. Well,
0: I'm, I'm not going to comment on uh, the... The situation with the Liberal Democrats, because actually I think there's far too many of them in the House of Lords. They they caused real chaos um, in, in, as we went through mm. Brexit, and they will continue to do that. Once, well, you know, if uh, we we've dealt with Brexit, I I mean I was in the House of Commons yesterday. Almost the last thing we were talking about Britain. In the global situation, I spoke actually about the United Nations, but the uh, but it kept on referring to Brexit and how. And I was thinking, stop, stop, stop. We're we're there now. We're going to make the very best of what this uh, what we, the opportunities got. We're going. We're a great country. The people in this country are fantastic, and actually, we have some very very good um, civil servants. We have some hugely successful industries. We will do really well after we leave the European Union. And, by the way, the European Union are full of countries that are our deepest friends. People like France. Um, you know, I can't, I have to say that because my wife might be listening to the radio. <laughs> I was going to say, are, are it, she,
4: is she going to let you have a glass of champagne tonight? No, she doesn't actually.
0: She, her view was she's mixed on the whole oh. idea, to be honest. Right. She's, she's, she says, you know... She's worried because the people I we go back to the point I made earlier. She's she's worried because people have been put it, whispering things into so many people's ears, saying it's not gonna be good for you, you're a foreigner, you'll be chucked out, you, it's you shocking know, that, isn't you're you're not gonna get your pensions, yeah. you you know you, you you know well, as soon as soon as you know it's done, they'll start looking at you as second class citizens. No No, no, that's not going to happen. No. We we don't want it to happen. People like you and I wouldn't allow it to happen. Of
4: course not. We are civilized men, you and I, Colonel Bob, and the people like you and I will make sure that everything is brilliant, and that's how it's going to be. Colonel Bob Stewart, there, uh, MP for Beckenham, uh, a man that has fought on many fronts, and I mean fought, because he is, of course, ex-army. I met him first in the killing fields of Bosnia, uh, where he wasn't taking any nonsense from the Serbians or the Bosnians uh, or the HVO or the Croat militia. So you can be pretty sure he's not going to take any nonsense from a few Ramonas who want to keep telling him how terrible it's going to be after we leave the European Union, which, by the way, uh, is now less than 12 hours away. This is Talk Radio. Mid-morning with Mike Graham. Talk Radio. What better way to celebrate the start of the afternoon by having our favourite Labour politician, Kate Hurry, sitting here opposite me in the studio? Kate, I don't think you've even actually been in here with me, have you?
5: No, I haven't been. out. It's always on the telephone from yeah. some crowded place where you're rushing around to try and get us. A... Yes, it's Although, a lovely, lovely studio, and yeah. I gather we're not. I'm on. I'm on. I can you're seen. now being
4: live-streamed, oh, yes. Well, so you're on YouTube, you're on Facebook. Oh,
5: my goodness.
4: I mean, basically, we're trying See, to make it... I used
5: it... to love radio, because you didn't you couldn't, you couldn't, didn't have to worry well, about I mean, what I, you I looked must
4: at. Yeah, I must admit, I did not get into radio because of my looks. No. You know, I assumed that uh, this would be a better route than television. Because, but you have you know, to dress
5: a little better, too, don't
4: you? I, well, they've asked me to start wearing ties and jackets, so oh. that's what I'm doing. Oh, um, right. And mm-hmm. so I've chosen this particular tie today, which very I found nice, yes. very nice. My original plan was to start off with an EU tie and just sort of cut it up halfway through and put this one up. I couldn't find one.
5: You thought that might be seen as gloating. Well, it might be. And, of course, yeah.
4: there's no gloating no being done gloating here. Today. That wouldn't no be right. Gloating. But isn't it funny how these people who have spent the best part of the last three years telling us how wrong we were are now saying, not only are you still wrong, but you shouldn't be celebrating it either.
5: Yeah, and for someone at my age who remembers us uh, not voting in 1975 to, to stay in, I remember the you Know the establishment being thrilled, and there was lots of lots of um, there was new coin produced, all yes. these things were happening. Nobody then said we all, you know, had to go back into our box no. and, and shut up for exactly. 45 years. But
4: also, I was I had Matt Kelly in earlier on for the New European, and I said to him, I can't ever remember a political sort of battle that became so kind of um, bitter after the event, you know, where people who lost didn't just accept that they'd lost an election. Well,
5: the reason was they didn't expect to lose. You know, they didn't. Nobody thought they were going to lose at the end and and that's why... I presume the Prime Minister of then, David Cameron, wouldn't have given the referendum if he'd known the result. No, I don't
4: think he would. I think the other thing is that there's a sort of there's a certain kind of um, not with all of them, but with a lot of the Remain side of the argument, a certain sort of superiority that they tend to exude. They think they're cleverer than everybody else. They think because they're barristers that they know more than everybody else, or because they're you know scientists or because they're professors of something. And actually, they don't understand. I mean, I've actually even heard people making arguments saying that only the clever people should have the vote.
5: Oh, you will get that, and, you know. and the, the lawyers in particular. Yeah. But, you know, it's, it's interesting because all, all those people who out there, I, don't, I think it's a, a bit of it is a London or a metropolitan thing yes. because they do assume that people outside really didn't know what they were voting for. Mm. I mean, people will still say that, and, and they thought that they would persuade them with that, what was it, cost, the leaflet that went round everybody's yes. house? which was going to tell the £9 people million pound that you would be much better off staying
4: in. Um, yeah, exactly right. Well, let's have a listen to Catherine Jarden. She was on um, with uh, Christine Jarden, sorry, with uh, Julie Hartley Brewer this morning. Um, and she was talking about how she's quite sad about everything.
5: Good morning to you, Christine. Happy Brexit Day. Uh, well, it <laughs> might be happy for you, but I am no, not going to indulge in the happy
0: Brexit day, you know. Uh, it's not a good day for a lot of people in this country. So I'm not going to insult by saying Happy Brexit Day. That's just nonsense. How
4: is it not a good day for people in this country? And even if it isn't, why would you kind of perpetuate this myth that it's all going to be terrible? Still, well,
5: but it's also the fact that this was what people voted for. You know, this is you know we've waited well over three years to actually implement what people voted for and what a lot of people thought was going to happen quite quickly i mean mm. we always knew there was going to be some delays but you know to take this amount of time to get to it i think it makes it even more feeling that, you know, finally, 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 yes. we've got to the end and therefore why shouldn't people say, yeah, and thank also, goodness. And, and
4: also, these are the same people who kept sort of arguing that we should have a second referendum and then we actually had an election instead of a second referendum which more than proved that this is the will of the people. Yeah,
5: there's been three things really, yeah. three times now, that that, that, that that but the election result was very clearly... I mean, we could go on into whole issues about Labour policies and so on, but it was overwhelmingly a Brexit election. Mm. And by the way, I'm so pleased that I don't like the word Brexit, you know. I've, I've never... I don't know where it came from. No. I always try and talk about leaving the European yes. Union.
4: But Brexit, I mean, it sort of, we, of morphed it, out of Grexit, didn't it, from the Greek um, yes. problems that they were having, that they were so, trying so to I get So I suppose
5: out. from one minute past 11 tonight, we won't have to use that word anymore. We can...
4: Well, we had Bob, Look, St- Bob Stewart on earlier saying he doesn't think we should be using remainers and leavers anymore either because the lexicon has changed. We've moved well, it beyond it. Haven't my we? slight
5: worry is, and I'm being honest now, you know, after we won the referendum, a, a lot of us took our eye off the ball because we thought, you know, we live in a democracy, it's going to happen, no one's going to try and stop it. We didn't know that 75% of members of parliament who had voted remain were going to try and stop it. Yeah. My worry, not worry, but I just think we have to be careful that we actually don't realize that there will be some people remainers and i'm talking about real zealot remainers the kind of people that we all know who we're talking about yes will still try to thwart even the next stage and the next stage is going to be much more behind the scenes it's not going to be you know trade trade negotiations mm. are always pretty probably pretty boring yes. and difficult to but I think there's a danger that we can have this negativity about how long it's going to take. I mean, I noticed today most of the mainstream media are just on television are talking about delays and how long it's going to take yeah. they can't actually just say it's the minutiae today. Of,
4: yeah. of nonsense which most people are not interested in i mean i was watching question time last night and i think somebody actually did say that it might have been james cleverly who said you know people are not interested in the whys and wherefores of the food uh, that is going to be banned from coming into the country the food that we don't want in this country is already not coming in mm-hmm. you know the idea that we're going to have to somehow legislate for every single piece of chicken mm-hmm. or every single piece of you know whatever it is that you think you don't want to eat There's no reason to believe that it will change. I mean, you know, why would it?
5: No, but that's the kind of line that we're going to get now from people who who still hope that, you know, they might end up with such a terrible situation that, people would start to want to change their minds. I mean, I'm very happy to have another referendum in 45 years. Sure, why
4: not? Well, no, you we know, can
5: come back and discuss it.
4: Well, exactly right. And I mean, <laughs> that's the other thing that, you know, here we have a situation where we were told that it was the wrong decision that was made. But as you say, it's now been made three times. We've got a government which is now in a position to, to, to do pretty much what the will of the people actually is. Mm. And I think most people just want to now get back to living their lives in the best way that they can, worrying about, you know, how they're going to get their kids educated, making sure that, you know, their elderly parents are looked after properly by the NHS, all of the things that that your life is about.
5: And I think that's what the government will be wanting to do. And, of course, um, Boris Johnson, having won so many of the Labour red, you know, the the seats that had never been Conservative before, will want to hold on to those. And the only way they're going to do that is to... Start looking at some of the issues that he promised he would do, and one of those, of course, is is, is transport and all of that issue. Mm. Um, so I think I think there will be a move now, generally, to not you know not talk about it every day. But I think there will be a lot of people still who will want to every day be bringing up another negative story yeah. about what some French minister said about or the Irish. Varadka, who yes. seems to be doing the European Union job for him? Well, but he I might mean, be out of a job soon. Well, he, he went, might
4: well be out of a job soon. But then he'd
5: go to the European Union.
4: Yes, he will, because he's. that's been, what he's been doing. And he's time. been working that particular yeah, passage. A, for I've quite always a while. said he'd
5: want to be a commissioner. And yeah. I didn't expect it to maybe happen quite so soon. No, but You really. never know.
4: Well, I mean, you never know. No, he's not as popular as he thinks. What but about we're not n- allowed
5: to interfere in elections in other countries. Oh, no, of are course we?
4: not. No, apart from if you're Eva Hofstadt and you can come and campaign for the Lib Dems. But I mean, isn't it interesting as well that all of those people who were the kind of ultra remainers did so badly? You know, the Labour Party yeah. trying to take a stand on both sides of the fence didn't work, but the Lib Dems were annihilated.
5: Yes, and, and the, you know, the idea that J- uh, Joe Swinston put, putting out leaflets talking about, you know, she wanted to be the Prime Minister, yes. and it was actually as if she had every intention. Ambitious, I slightly over-ambitious, Slightly over-ambitious, even for um, the Liberal Democrats' <laughs> <laughs> the elections. But, yes, I, I, people, I think the public did punish you know, they they got so angry about what had gone on in mm. Parliament. And you just have to look at any of those scenes now uh, over the last year and compare it now to the difference when there is a majority government. And, you know, whatever you think about the government, um, this country works better when you have a strong government mm. and a strong opposition. Yes, And now we've got a strong government and and not a, moment, no, not a strong opposition. I was going opposition. to ask you about that, no. because
4: obviously you're, uh, you, you say, you've often said, uh, I think in your words, the Labour Party left you rather than the Absolutely. other
5: way around. Absolutely. I, I don't feel in any way... Uh, I won't be voting in the leadership election. I'm not a member of the, of the yeah. party anymore. Which is in and of, it's of itself. Sad. But it's, it's sad. it's sad, me, but it's
4: but pretty disgraceful, actually, considering the work that you've done for the Labour yeah, Party as well. Yeah, but, you know, the
5: Labour Party has changed, and particularly in, in, in areas like this, in metropolitan areas. Um, you know, there, there are a lot of people now in the party who... Uh, you know, either are, are are what I would call on the kind of more extreme left, or else moving towards being Lib Dems, and and that kind of conflict mm. is is going to go on, uh, yes. and will be well. I don't see
4: anything in the, the the kind of contenders for the Labour Party leadership which which is likely to change it in in, in any way, shape or form, and for me if it's done in the north what it did in Scotland it's not getting back in the north either
5: you see the pro- the problem was for a while the labor party has almost been treating people in our uh, strongest areas as if they're not that important mm. because people have heard people say it over the years well they've got no one else to vote for yeah. well they did have other it things turns out to vote that wasn't for right. they, they did uh, so i i i think whoever wants to be leader now of the labor party should be saying look the, we're leaving the. We've left the EU. We will now work as positively as possible with the government to get a really good deal. But if we can't get a really good deal, well, you know, so be it, yes. and, and not have this opposition for opposition's sake where and everything also, it said they come out against
4: and this narrative they seem to have is basically we'll get them back in the north if the tories mess up or if and when the tories mess up surely they should be actually actively campaigning to get those voters back that they lost in Bly valley you know a, yeah. for, a former mining community uh, that was you know sort of ripped asunder by margaret thatcher for want of a better phrase and suddenly you know the next generation's voting labor yes sorry voting Tory.
5: once people change their vote once it makes that's the big thing. Yeah. After that, it's not an issue anymore. Mm. They will change their vote back and forward. Right. If it's, so I think, I think there's a huge, huge task for the Labour Party, and I think it's highly unlikely that they'll be in power for for some years. Mm,
4: I think you're right. And what about Northern Ireland? How is that sort of all settling down? Well, I, I mean, the, I, I'm uh, I'm
5: hoping that uh, what Boris Johnson has continued to say. Uh, I mean, I can accept. Um, Checks from Great Britain to Northern Ireland because there's already checks when animals go through and right. various things, and they're very unobtrusive and it's not really like a, a border. Right. Um, what I can't really accept, and, and that's the bit that is hugely important, that a small business in Northern Ireland wanting to send something over to, say, Brighton and do a trading has to comply with some kind of um, uh, border Checks yes. and I don't think that will happen. I think there's enough room in the agreement for, with with goodwill, um, a lot of it has been played up for, uh, you know, internal, yes. I, the island of Ireland politics, yes, and uh, you know, Veradka has played his his part in that, right. So, and if
4: the Northern Ireland Assembly gets back to work, as it were, which yeah. it's meant to be doing, will that help?
5: Well, it it, it will help if again, um, people look positively at, at what's um, what's going to happen and, and not, again, just want to be negative about it. I mean, the, Sinn Féin have used the issue of leaving the European Union very cleverly to promote um, the idea that this is going to make a united yes. Ireland much, much uh, nearer. I don't actually personally think that. I think a lot of people who did vote Alliance and move away from voting for the DUP... Um, Come a border poll would still be voting to be part yes. of the United Kingdom, right. but um, the other thing about you know Northern Ireland is is um, people people want that those people who are who do feel very very pro union want to be treated the same as the rest of the United Kingdom, and that's why um, I think that if for example we get a really genuinely free trade arrangement. There's absolutely no reason then why Northern Ireland should be any different. Mm. But I think, again, that's one of those areas that you know people will be keeping an eye on just to make sure that um, the Conservative and Unionist Party doesn't, um,
4: doesn't sell go it down back the any river. further. No, yeah. indeed. And what about your own uh, situation? Because you were an MP for many, many years. Um, you mm-hmm. took the decision not to run. Um, what are you doing?
5: Well, I'm still on what's called the wind down period. I mean, you have to go through every single file write to the, per- the constituent and say do you want your files sent on to the new mp do you want right. to-? we have to wait till the new mp was elected so we've just been going through all that and i've been going through all my boxes of 30 years and finding out looking at all press cuttings and things and thinking gosh did i say that did there must i never be a book, do that innit? it's quite it's quite in- oh, I, I don't know i th- i said lots of times i think you have to have a bit of an an ego to write a book you know but i mean there's lots of interesting things i could write about zimbabwe yeah. and all my stuff and when, when i was sports minister and yes. countryside alliance and all that but you know i'm i'm just looking forward to that day when all the files have sorted everything's good and i can just um wake up completely in the morning and think <laughs> oh what shall i do and then i won't be getting asked on the white. no <laughs> no
3: well you will you'll always be welcome here <laughs> mid-morning with mike graham talk radio the independent republic of mike graham on talk
4: radio it's twelve thirty-three. it's brexit day and it's time for this
3: ladies and gentlemen welcome to the perrier awards
4: We are live on YouTube, we are live on Facebook, we are live on Twitter, of course, as well. And that music can mean only one thing. It's the return of Con Mendez and the Perrier Awards. A very good afternoon.
1: Good afternoon, Mike. How oh, are you?
4: I'm very well indeed.
1: How are you doing? I'm very well, thanks. Happy Brexit day to you. Yeah, apparently it is.
4: I see you wearing a different t-shirt from last week. Yeah. What does this one say? Uh La Yeah, Yes, a beer. Is it? Yeah. Have you only got t-shirts about beer?
1: Uh I will I will <laughs> wear lots of t-shirts about beer, so Excellent. do send them in. Okay. Um, Welcome, should we begin? Yeah, yeah, go on. Yeah, welcome to the Perry Awards. Thank this you. is where we go back over the past week of the so-called so called independent republic of Mike Graham Ooh. and choose our favorite moments. Yes, and well,
4: here we are. And I'm assuming that despite my absence yesterday, you've still got enough.
1: Yes, absolutely, very good. The last Perry Awards live from the European Union. <laughs> so, whilst I still have time, uh. Before having to go home and start filling out my rations book, let's begin. Mike, as is tradition, the first perrier goes to you. Thank you. And as it's such a special occasion, let's start with a sing song. You win karaoke of the week.
4: Good morning and welcome to the Independent Republic of Mike Graham right here on Talk Radio. It's coming home, it's coming home, it's coming. Brexit's coming home. Well, it wasn't exactly a sing song, was no. it? I mean, I could have sung it, yeah, you Yeah, you should thing, have uh, committed to it. But I was a bit it. worried I might be breaching some copyright or other. That's so true, that's actually. why I didn't sing it. <laughs> uh, <laughs>
1: let's carry on. Friend of the show, George Pascoe Watson yes. now. And I hope he remains a friend of the show after he's awarded the Smoke Blower of the Week.
4: Let's talk to George Pascoe Watson, uh, who is, of course, senior partner at uh, Portland Communications and former political editor of The Sun. In fact, I think he's now chairman of uh, Portland Communications, actually. George, a very good morning to you good morning you're right yes thank you well i always am i mean you know i get tired of being right i keep telling people this last monday you know i had an expert on about the coronavirus and he said oh there's nothing to worry about here i said well hang on a minute if they're checking people and screening them in american airports why are we not doing it? oh well, no you don't need to do that i said what about masks no 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 point point. and now look what's happened everyone's wearing masks they're making two million masks a day apparently in china and we're now screening everyone
3: you are always ahead of the news thank you very
4: much george <laughs> I love the kind of completely dispassionate way yeah. he delivers that line. I think it's he was like trying to be. Him. I think he was being a bit sarcastic actually. Yeah, maybe. I detected line of sarcasm in his voice.
1: Uh, back to you, Mike. I know it was an illness that overcame you yesterday, but earlier in the week you seemed to be slightly demonised. Winning mm. the demonization of the week.
4: It doesn't sound like a great idea, a great idea to me. However. Yeah, you see, that was maybe an early sign. Yeah,
1: early sign of yeah. the old norovirus. Yeah, we should have seen it coming. Yeah, um, and another one for you. You've shown a lot of your um, presenting skills this week. Thank I'd you. Say. We've seen uh, quite the repertoire. One of them has been the pause for effect. Ah, yes.
4: Tell me something that I can use. Otherwise, this campaign will continue. Thank you very much indeed to the BBC. Now I'll tell you what else we can do. <laughs> Well, do you know...
1: Did you expect something to happen there?
4: Well, you see, if you were totally in tune with me as my producer, yeah. you would have had a little stab at the end of that, a little kind of pa which would have then allowed me <laughs> to move on. You could have warned
1: us. We don't just have that ready no, to go no, at any point. No,
4: no, but you see, that's the whole also, thing. Also, you would
1: have then talked over it and it. then had a go at us. You should have been feeling it. Okay.
4: <laughs> so when I pause for effect, you just hit a little button. When I used to uh, produce my own shows in Scotland, yeah, but you had your own. own yeah, you had your own
1: button. Though, but I had my own you? buttons, right? Yeah, but it's easy to read your own. Oh, but there, mind. I had
4: a great producer, right? He Who was still that? good friends with me, a guy called Ian Gilmore. Oh, why didn't you bring him down then? Whatever. Well, I think I might do. Yeah, but well, he used to feel the show. He didn't just
1: produce it. He didn't just turn up. No, <laughs> uh, listener uh, called Dibbers now. Dibbers, he, <laughs> yeah, Dibbers. Uh, he wins the text message of the week for this
4: gem. Lots and lots of you have got stuff to say about uh, uh, Dale Vince. Uh, Dibber says this, Ask Dale if the West should encourage contraception. Uh, oh, I'm so sorry, lost that now. I'll try and get back to that one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, because it's not always easy to move and re- and read a moving script. No, yeah, And it well, does move fast. Yeah, it does, very
1: fast. Yeah. Lots of comments there. Uh, back to you, Mike. You're never normally too scared to speak your mind directly, no. especially to me. However, you've won this week the Perrier for Passive Aggression.
4: Well, I mean, there's two blokes in our office, right, who continually talk about Charlton Athletic, right, which nobody else is interested in at all. And whenever they talk about it, everybody just walks out of the room because it's so boring.
1: Yeah,
5: exactly.
4: See, even it, she agreed with if me. If you had something
1: to say to me, Mike, yeah. you can say it to my face, not to... Well, how do inter- you know I was talking about you? Well, because I'm one of the two Charlton fans. Oh, you think? Not in this office, but no. probably in this building. So. Actually,
4: I was talking about some other people.
1: Oh, yeah, who? Yeah,
4: I'm not going to say. No, you went... They work at the Talk Sport station.
1: Ah, oh, fair play, yeah, the Arsenal fan. fans. So, well,
4: what makes you think I think about you, to, importantly enough, to mention you? Because well, I know it's about me. You see, that's a narcissist talking. So, <laughs> I know it's about me, because that's all you ever think about. Coming from a radio presenter. So,
1: of course, well, not yesterday... a narcissist. You were poorly, uh, but we had the delightful and professional... Yes. ...James Max well covering done, for James. you. Uh, he won the Perrier for Weirdest Comment of the Week. And, of course, you can watch us live. If you go to the Talk
4: Radio streaming channels, you will find us live. I am here. I am uh, fully clothed. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's a relief. Yes. (laughs) Only for the waist up, obviously. Yeah.
1: Uh, back to you, Mike. Another mm. top presenter. I'm also skill. fully clothed, by the way. In yeah, case any yes, doubt. as am I. Yes, the whole office. No, you're is, not. No, you're wearing a t-shirt. <laughs> oh, it's not the same. Sorry, I'm not wearing a tie. Um, you win Segway of the week.
4: Mm.
6: Right. The only thing I can remember is that he either sweats a lot or he's not sweaty at all. <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah, exactly yeah. right. Now let's talk. Uh, talking of sweating, uh, how are you guys dealing with the coronavirus? <laughs> because, um, <laughs> That's a pretty good question. Really sensitively handled there, Mike. Well, listen, one of the first signs of the coronavirus is you start sweating.
1: Yeah, I know. You know <laughs> so.
4: Fair enough. It's quite informative, Um, actually. uh, We
1: move on now to some unfortunately simple people who've decided uh, to ring the show this week. Uh, What they do is they lie about what they're going to say on air when talking to the production team. Oh, yeah. Uh, And we always know, basically, because they're thick (laughs) on the phone. So uh, let's uh, have some examples of this. For example, the caller David, who failed to remember that he was lying that his name was David when he spoke
4: to you, Mike. (laughs) Let's talk to David, who's in Oxford. Hello, David. Hi, David. How are you, Mike? Uh, I'm good. Very well. uh, Nice to speak to you. What do you want to tell me? (laughs) Maybe David wasn't his name.
1: No, I don't think so. He
4: thought it was my name.
1: No, he's alive. Uh, And then we had this uh, person whose name I don't have here. Uh, He told me he wanted to talk about trains to you and then started talking about something else. Uh, So you told him you've called in to talk about trains, so talk about trains, and then he had to tenuously link (laughs) his argument into a conversation about trains. This is absolutely painful. Let's hear it. Um, Yeah, I think
4: Northern Rail is getting stripped of its franchise today, which a lot of people are in favour of.
6: So EU countries, they own... They own a lot of these railway networks and they use them, their own rail network. Yeah. Now, I imagine they use their forecasts by using predictions. Now, you said the other day... For, that
4: what do you mean their forecasts? For
6: passenger numbers, revenues, that sort of thing.
4: Okay. No. Well, I presume no. what they do is they take their current revenues and they take their current passenger numbers and then they presume that they will keep those passenger numbers because they have to presume that whoever travels on their trains is going to continue to travel on their trains.
6: Yeah, so, so when a government does a census, for example, and does a prediction or does an actual indication of how many people they have in their country yeah. and then does a prediction into the future of population replacement, you, you don't agree with that? Eh?
1: Hey? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, it's a good effort. It's a good effort, yeah, but I'm sorry. Totally awful. <laughs> yeah, just ridiculous, yeah. And then there was, of course, Sarah in Southend.
4: She won the infamous Perrier for Wrong name of the Week. Let's talk to Sarah, uh, who I think is in South End. Hello, Sarah. Hello, Nick. How are you? I'm very well indeed. It's Mike, actually.
6: Oh, yeah. Hello, Mike. That's Sorry. All right. Don't
4: worry. It's easy to confuse the two. Yes. There is a name thing
1: going on here, isn't there? Yeah, especially for them. Uh, she also teed you up, Mike, to win the Perrier for Shutdown of the Week.
6: Well, in that case, let's get a demographic expert on to do. He's already
4: said that. No, I want you to tell me whether or not there are people who have been replaced in South End.
6: Well, wouldn't you rather speak to an expert than some idiot from South End?
4: Yeah, that's very true, actually, Cheerio. <laughs> <laughs> uh, expertly
1: handled. Well done, Mike. Thank that's you. it for the Perrier Awards. There will be more next week.
4: Excellent.
3: The Perrier Awards on Talk
4: Radio. Let's talk now to Mark Francois, Deputy Chair of the ERG, uh, a man who has done as much, if not more, than most people uh, to get us to this point where we are today. Mark, a very good uh, afternoon and happy Brexit day to you.
3: And a happy Brexit day to you too, Mike. Thank you, Thank you very much for those kind words. We, um, you've had the advantage that for a long while you've been living in the independent republic of Mike Gray. That's true. Uh, you have been free on the radio... Well, at 11pm tonight, the rest of the country joins you and we'll be free too, and I can't wait.
4: Yeah, it's going to be great. Now, you you did try to get Big Ben to bong, but the fact that it doesn't bong says more about those who didn't want it to bong than it does about you, really. So you're going to have some kind of bonging effect going on, right?
3: Bless you. Uh, there are rumours uh, that Nigel at his rally tonight is going to play you know, the chimes on speakers. We'll have to wait and see. Um The the, the cloud has a silver lining, which which is that it it was absolutely apparent or became apparent quite quickly. The House of Commons authorities just adamantly didn't want to do it. No. But the crowdfunding exercise, uh, all the money that was in the fund uh, will now be donated to Help for Heroes. Correct. So, you know, in that sense, the cloud has a silver lining. And ultimately... Uh, you know, we still leave at 11pm GMT either
4: way. Yes, exactly right. And of course, once that happens, the sky will not fall in. Medicine will not suddenly disappear from the shelves of boots. Uh, you'll still be able to buy um, a bagel with cream cheese on it the following morning. Um, and all of those people, I've been asking people today for, for their sort of versions of the worst warning that they were given about what was going what was going to end. And of course, nothing is. Well, I mean, it's funny
3: because I was out, you know, shopping with my girlfriend in Sainsbury's on Sunday and I didn't notice panic buying. I mean, I didn't see many people sprinting (laughs) down the aisles, you know, throwing cans of whatever they could find into their baskets so they could go home, you know, and line the shed with them. Um, Look, there are a lot of people who are going to be feeling a bit of a Charlie tonight. Uh, All those people that, you know, predicted, you know, Project Fear, uh, remember what George Osborne said in the, you know, before the referendum, right? Uh, that famous interview on the Today program. If we had the temerity to vote against British self-government, there'd be an emergency budget. Yeah. Uh, that the economy would immediately go into recession. Unemployment would rise rapidly by half a million, and house prices would fall by eighteen percent. Now, why it wasn't seventeen or nineteen, I don't know, but it was eighteen <laughs> percent. What happened? the economy carried on growing. We've got the lowest unemployment since 1975 and house prices have remained broadly stable or risen slightly. And, and also <laughs> and
4: also far more important in a way than any of that is that our economy is actually outperforming every single economy in the Eurozone.
3: Well, uh, y- y- you see, <laughs> they basically tried to frighten us, didn't they? Yeah. A- and, you know, one, you know, there'll be all sorts of historical comparisons tonight, but one golden thread that does run through our national history in these islands is you can't bully us it just doesn't work the british just but you know they react badly to that and the people that tried to persuade us to vote remain tried to bully us to frighten us into doing it and the british people you know famously gave them uh you know a bit of a robust reply i'm just so sorry that it's taken over three years from the original referendum to get us to where we are. Yeah. That said, those that want to celebrate tonight, celebrate and wake up in the morning with a bit of a hangover. Those that don't don't want to, apparently Will Hutton's going to light a candle because of the strains <laughs> of Ode to Joy. Yeah, right.
4: While he's writing his next diatribe for The Observer, no doubt, which nobody reads.
3: Well, well, you, know, well you, know, you know, there we are. But it's a matter of choice. But, you know, from tomorrow, really, uh, you know, and I say this as someone who, you know, has has been a pugilist in this debate. There's no denying it. But, you know, from tomorrow, hopefully we can move on from, you know, the old labels of Brexiteer and Remainer. You know, we're all Brits.
4: Yeah. And, and let's just be grown up about it, shall we?
3: Yeah. I mean, you know, hopefully we can move on. You know, we've become, if you like, global Britain we're independent in the world. We have the right to make our own trade deals without reference to the European Union for permission. Thank you very much. If we want to vary the rate of VAT on certain products, we can do, you know, the, the, we get these freedoms. We become a free country again, which I'm greatly pleased about. And but I think it is, a, you know, it is a time to move on and, you know, heal the kind of divisions that we've had. But it's evident from some of the media that I've been doing over the last 48 hours, there are still some people, as it were, you know, some Remainers still fighting the last war. I mean, I hope we can get over that.
4: Well, I hope so. I mean, I wouldn't want to push you in the wrong direction, but you can always go and join the vigil, uh, which is being organised uh, up, in, uh, up in Scotland by the Lib Dems in Edinburgh. They're having some kind of vigil at 11 o'clock for a little mass crying. in uh, uh, really? Christine Jardin is in the chair.
3: Well, if it's a lead dent thing, there won't be many
4: options. Right <laughs> yeah, I think it'll be the top deck of the bus or something like that. But listen, Mark, I'll see you later on, uh, no doubt, at some point for a glass of something. Um, enjoy the day and uh, and we'll see you uh, before we leave at 11 o'clock Mark Francois Deputy Chair of the ERG um, a man who has done as I say more than most to actually get us to this point uh, coming up of course in the next hour uh, it will be Matthew Wright uh, but we are getting very close to 1 o'clock so only 10 hours away now uh, from leaving the European Union let's have the final call of the day from Simon who's in Bolton hi Simon
6: oh Mike how are you doing um, can I just I just want to say a couple of things Mike go on um, You made me um and a lot of ex-forces veterans very proud today good i must absolutely i'm not trying to blow up your backside but it's been superb to listen to you i was in ireland with bob stewart yeah and um i fought and served for this great country of ours i think what you've done for all people that voted to leave has been absolutely outstanding mike and you know, you need to pat yourself on the back and talk radio.
4: Well, you're very kind. I mean, all I've done, really, though, is reflect the voices of those people who couldn't be heard anywhere else.
6: Yeah, well, I, I, I sent you a tweet this morning. Um, you probably got it. That that uh, clip, there was uh, 50-odd complaints to Ofcom come about that and nothing happened, but that's by the by. I'm proud to be British today. I'll be wearing the old uh, medals required tonight. Well done. I'll, I'll be having a glass of something. And, again, thank you, Mike for everything you've done and uh, God bless you and send my regards to the boys, mate.
4: Simon, listen, you're very kind. Thank you so much for very, uh, very articulated words and, you know, Simon's the kind of guy that's fought for his country. He should be given thanks. Uh, He's giving thanks to me and that's how classy those guys are. But uh, this is the end of the last show uh, with uh, the European Union still attached to Britain. After this, on Monday, I'll be doing my first show when we've left the European Union. Here's the story.
0: Let June the 23rd go down in our history as our Independence Day.
4: The British
3: people have voted to leave the European Union and their will must be respected. Should
6: I stay or should I go now? As we leave the European Union, we will forge a bold new positive role for ourselves in the world. Brexit
1: means... Brexit. Should I stay or should I Order! MPs have rejected Theresa May's Brexit deal in the House of Commons. Nose have it. The nose have it. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. Mr. Speaker, the House has spoken and the government will listen. This is Talk Radio. Some breaking news. Prime Minister Theresa Mays announced a snap general election to be held on the 8th of June. I'm about to go to Buckingham
5: Palace to tender my resignation to Her Majesty the Queen. Think I and to advise her to ask Boris Johnson to form a new administration. Let's get Brexit done. We can, we
4: must, and we will. Get done.
6: MPs have rejected the government's proposed timetable for Boris Johnson's Brexit plan. He now wants to go to the polls. If they
2: genuinely want more time
6: to
3: study this excellent deal, they can have it, but they have to agree to a general election on December the 12th. The
5: exit poll is out. Getting
3: Brexit done is now the irrefutable... And
5: it is a prediction for a Conservative win. Irresistible. Lots of predictions in the last few days of possible hung Parliament, but no... Unarguable. This is a Conservative win. Decision
2: of the British people. Finally getting a majority for Brexit deal. We pulled
3: it off, we, we broke the deadlock, we ended the gridlock, we smashed the... Roadblock, let's go out and get on with it. Let's unite this country.
4: So Brexit got done after all, despite all of the doubters, despite all of the Ramonas, despite all of the warnings, despite all of the health uh, warnings that went out there that we'd run out of food, we'd run out of medicine, we'd run out of drink, we'd run out of planes, we'd run out of trains, we'd run out of automobiles. It turns out, actually, that Brexit did, in fact, get done. But of course... There's one final thing that we have to hear from, and let's have a listen to it now. It is, of course, the Brexit alarm. Now, it used to be that whenever we heard this sound, you would end up wondering what the countdown clock would say. We are counting down now to pretty much less than 10 hours until Brexit is actually done. Let's check in one final time to the countdown clock.